0: This is, no, this is the Media Majors the podcast. Stop singing, stop singing with the beat. This is Media Majors. You, I'm Liam Senior. This is Tom Lockney. Tom, Jesus Christ, this is the this is this is the theme. This is gonna be the theme of the podcast and you are singing go over go? it. Never will. This is Media Majors. Hello
1: and welcome to a new episode of Media Majors, a storytelling podcast about major media, we have a very special episode. That's right,
0: it's our 15th episode spectacular. We've got guests, we've got bands, we've got a craft service of Wolfgang Puck. (laughs) He's gonna make us focaccia, even though he's German. What? It's gonna be crazy. Dick Cavett is here, but he also might be dead, so he might not be here. Uh, And Brendan Fraser is going to read from his new book of poetry, Fraser-is, instead of phrases. (laughs) Can you believe I made all of that up on the spot, Tom? I I can't. That was goddamn impressive. So what this podcast is is a storytelling podcast. My name's Liam Sr. I like movies and television. And my name's Tom Lockney, and I like video games and internet culture. And each week we research a story and try to blow each other's minds uh usually we don't know what the story is going in however today we're both only aware of the subject because it is a themed episode we're still not aware of the content uh so tom i believe you're gonna start us off this week yeah
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna ease this in mine's mine's a bit mild i hope do you you like drinking milk (laughs) i don't (laughs) This story is a bit like a, a, a lukewarm cup of milk.
0: Well, here's what you do to milk. You add a little bit of chocolate syrup and a lot of seltzer water, and you make an egg cream, and then you throw it away. Because what have you done? The 50s. You've ruined three ingredients.
1: Oh, the, by the way, we should say the theme of this special is I quit. Yeah. And so I'm going to be talking today about
0: Vine... R.I.P. Vine. Hey, Tom, is this story gonna be six seconds long? And I just wanted to make that joke so we could start by saying we don't <laughs> appreciate that type of humor here.
1: No, no, we certainly do not. We will make... We we live in cum jokes. We yeah. We live in this... cum. But <laughs> making... Mocking the format and length Mm-mm. of a video service? Fuck no, not here. Not on Media Majors. Well, we're gonna dig into this. Let's get started. Tom... Take us away. In June of 2012, three men come up with an idea and a baby. Three men. I actually know two and a half men come up with an idea. Tom
0: Selleck, Ted Danson, Selleck, and Steve Gutenberg from Three half Men and a Baby of
1: Ashton Kutcher.
0: No, top or bottom bottom okay come up with
1: an idea a social media platform consisting of a looping six second video these men are named dom hoffman (laughs) russ yusupov (laughs) okay colin Kroll. no relation to nick oh that's
0: sad this platform is called Vine, short for- Do you know what it's short for? Okay, so originally I thought that it's like swinging from vine to vine. Six second heard video. To the,
1: heard it through the grapevine.
0: Yeah, oh, is that- it's grapevine.
1: No, 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 oh, not okay. at all. What is it's, it? It's sh- it's short for vignette. Um. You, you could be forgiven for not, not making that connection,
0: because vine is most certainly, certainly not, not short, short for, for vignette! vignette. <laughs> That was brilliant how we got that on the same take. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, took could've... Listeners, that took 15 drops. <laughs> they could have gone with Vin, but but then
1: they would have had all, all sorts of legal A real diesel situation. And furious movies. The company is then acquired by Twitter.com in October of 2012 and officially launches on January 24th.
0: 2013. Damn.
1: Where were you? Where were you when you first learned
0: what Vine was, Liam? Oh, know. And what God. was your reaction? <laughs> I mean, my reaction was, I think it was Bo Burnham's account. So my reaction was, okay, this is, I, I had Vine. I did Vines for about a month. I think I had like six of them. And then I decided not to.
1: I remember i it was my freshman year of college. Same. And I was in my dorm um, very, very high. Um, because I, freshman year was my doobie year. That's my, I'm calling that my 20s. <laughs> I think, I think it was on like Reddit or something like that. Ew. Yeah, I know. I, the I like only reason on to go on Reddit is no sleeps. I, l- I lurk on Reddit occasionally and I always feel guilty you about should. it. No, I, it was my freshman year and I was in my dorm and I was very high and I went on, it was like vine.co, or one where it just played constantly every new Vine uh, being uploaded just once through. And I was like, how many seconds until we hit the porn? And lo and behold, not 20 seconds into being on that website and I saw a video of a woman putting a speculum into her vagina and anus. What order? Uh, at the same time, she had two speculums. Ah, is <laughs> it speculi, if it's two? I guess so. And I shouted porn so loud that I woke
0: up my roommate and he screamed. Believe it or not, I didn't realize vine porn was a thing until like nine months ago. I thought it was just like, oh, it's six second clips of pornography. Oh no, it's, it's amateur porn. It's just amateur porn. Yeah. A lot of girls just squirting on camera. Oh god! Literally on the cam, like onto the camera. Like a water slide. But it's like a murky yellow water slide, like a bad buttercream. Oh. Oh. Wow! I have a lot of vomit in
1: your throat. <laughs> yeah, it's cl- it's clogged up in there. In just a few short months. Vine becomes the most sha- uh, the most used video sharing platform in the market, eventually becoming the most downloaded free app on the iOS store. And then, in July of 2014, Vine adds a loop count to the app, allowing people to more easily see the metrics behind Vine popularity. And this is when we really start to see the first Vine stars pop up. Ah, Vine stars. I have such Vine mixed stars. feelings about this people uh, like uh, like Zach King who who performed uh, magic by by just like frame jumping because you can edit these these videos, videos together-hmm together. Um, and it should be noted that a lot of these people are of color
0: and also if I may say not necessarily from New York or Los Angeles which I think is a big, because Vine was, it was comedy, usually. Uh, And that's a big, that's like a big, uh, big thing to note.
1: And Vine becomes this, this platform where people of color find themselves having an influence in a way that they are not afforded in other social media platforms. Oh yeah, Facebook ads you can now exclude by race.
0: No, 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 no.
1: You cannot exclude white people. Why? Because I think that their assumption is that, well, white people wouldn't be offended by this, but you can exclude black people or Asians or things like that from seeing your advertising which is um fucking
0: crazy
1: facebook facebook what are you facebook
0: now listen jimmy John's sausage is a wholesome company and i do not want people seeing it that are different than me i don't remember what the sausage company i want to make fun of was called i don't think it was jimmy john's jimmy dean's (laughs) listeners write me a letter tell me what i did wrong in that bet and I'll throw P.O. Box. Box, my asshole.
1: So, so Vine becomes this cultural influencer that's driven um, by a, a genuinely diverse group of people. This is where we get, like, on fleek, like, yeah like on Fleek was part of black culture for a while before but then it got on Vine and other people started using it white girls and their fucking eyebrows uh, it wasn't perfect lots of folks have gone on uh, without recognition but it offered more opportunities than other social media platforms uh, like we said and uh, now vines dead on on October 29th
0: 2016 I should have checked that <laughs> Uh, late October of 2016 because they even said it's going to take a two year process anyways
1: Twitter announces that they're discontinuing the Vine service and there are lots of reasons why first of all Instagram video competent competition longer videos and another thing too Instagram actually promoted and continues to promote popular accounts something Vine never did marketers start to shift focus away from Vine towards Instagram uh, taking Vine stars with them because now Instagram videos it it offers a lot of the same uh, potentials for comedy but it's easier to get paid because Vine stars here's the thing Twitter has uh, struggled monetizing the vine platform it's very hard to do it's a six second video people people advertisers think it's difficult to to advertise a product in six seconds and uh, i i disagree Mm -hmm. but so you can't sponsor a 30 uh six second video with a 30 second ad or something like that it's it's just untenable so you can't advertise in the same way that you would Uh, So what a lot of advertisers would do was they would sponsor Vine stars to just make a six second vine about a product that culturally carries a lot of connotations with it. A lot of people see that as creators selling out. So lots of folks aren't willing to do it. Some are. And also there's a certain threshold of popularity that you have to hit for advertisers to think that you are marketable. Exactly, marketable. What you're left with is this incredibly creative landscape. That's this huge piece of American culture, but so
0: quickly too. It, it just yeah. really weren't like people. People joke, but it was. That was what kids were watching. Yeah, and will continue to be until it's fully phased out. Here's another problem. Twitter also
1: began to offer its own video services like Periscope and, and just plain old video, uh, which is dumb. Because it's internal, like, okay, Periscope is something different because Periscope is live stream and and that is appealing to a different market, a different video-sharing market. or or is more of a companion to Vine than internal competition. If Facebook was like, check out our new social media website, y'all. Like, what the fuck? Uh, There was also talk of integrating Vine into the main Twitter app, but this never happened. A lot of Vine employees saw this as a sign that Twitter never really valued uh, Vine as a standalone brand, which seems to be the case top vine breasts also started jumping ship uh that summer this summer 2016 yeah it should also be noted that Twitter's just fucking terrible at monetizing their platform.
0: Well, let's, I mean, there's a tweet that went around when Vine was going down that I think is very important, and it's, its I'm paraphrasing, and I forget who did the tweet. This is wasn't any of ours, but it's its being passed around, you can find it, where it's like, Twitter, oh, what's wrong, what's wrong? Hordes of terrible racist accounts that they can, that no one can block. Let's get rid of the video looping service. Like, Twitter has a lot of systemic problems that it, it just is totally going la 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 I don't know what you're talking about. I think it's even, uh, more sinister than that. Oh no, they're making money off of it, so it's like, we can't get rid of this, alt-right thrives on us, we need, we need them. Not only that, enough people
1: have complained about this, and it's not also a money thing. Because recently, several investors walked out of talks with Twitter, openly expressing a desire for Twitter to change their harassment and abuse policies. This is an openly expressed investor interest for Twitter to tighten the fucking belt, y'all. And they won't. And Twitter digs in their heels and they won't. It is to the point where even if the people running the ship there don't actively hate uh, women and people of color, their conduct is... They might as well. They haven't fully supported it, and they haven't fully denied it. Yeah, they straight up do not care about women and people of color in a way that could rightfully be interpreted as open contempt. Yeah. So, Twitter has no idea what the fuck it's doing. It is a house on fire, and... Uh, they've they are terrible they are historically categorically terrible at monetizing their platform Twitter has yet to make money <laughs> it's been around since 2007. Since almost a decade now, y'all,
0: we're rounding, we're rounding on the big deck. Of Twitter. Twitter. Twitter has almost hit the big one zero. Twitter is almost in forever double digits. Twitter is the specialist kid in the class <laughs> of social media apps. Snapchat, which is just, all Snapchat was, was, I want to see pussies and dicks. And that's made more money than Twitter will ever know. Twitter?
1: Ha- is your is your dad who is who has been building the deck, the big decade, the big deck? But when he's been building it, he's been building it with toy hammers <laughs> soaked in gasoline and piss on fire and he keeps hitting it and then throwing the tools at the neighbors because they get mad at him for
0: building his shitty deck. And then the neighbors kids like carve swastikas into the deck and your dad's like "Oh, it's just art. Leave it on." Yeah, your dad
1: keeps inviting all of his racist neo-Nazi friends to come hang out <laughs> your dad on sucks. his shitty deck. And all of them are like, this deck is awesome because it's the only place that'll let them hang out and throw racial slurs anymore. But it's the fucking worst place in the neighborhood, and you're embarrassed to be associated with it.
0: Yep. That being said, please follow us on Twitter at Liam <laughs> and at Monster. and Medium Age Camp. So now Vine is dead. You can still
1: view all the vines and multiple services have popped up to preserve the comedic gold of that platform. But who the fuck knows how long that website's going to be up for? I want to
0: ask you something as our resident internet expert here. Yes. Do you think this is the beginning of the end of Twitter?
1: I don't know. Twitter ever ends, I think one of three possibilities is going to happen. One, Twitter gets its fucking head out of its ass and makes the changes that people have been clamoring for and then people actually invest in Twitter as a platform because it's no longer this fucking horrible cesspit of racist. Option two, it does die. Clearly they don't know what the fuck they're doing, they don't know how to monetize their shit, they don't know how to run a business. So they will just declare bankruptcy and then maybe somebody buys the property. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that that was one other thing I should note. They tried to sell Vine, but nobody was buying, which is a real bummer. And the third possibility, which I think is the most likely given the way things have been heading is somebody else makes something like Twitter that is just better and does not cater to fucking assholes on the internet Mm -hmm. and people like you or me jump ship from Twitter and go to to the nice place and then Twitter becomes like Reddit or 4chan or, or 8chan where it's just this like horrible place where you peek in the door for two seconds and it's just this
0: This It's just the N-word inside a swastika, inside a dead woman. Just the most ghoulish spot on the net. That's the Vine story. Yeah, that that is the... I think another problem with Vine that my, my roommate actually pointed out was as much good stuff as there was, there was three times the amount of horrible racist stuff. Which yeah. is, of course again, the Twitter problem. I hate Vine Stars as much as the next person. I had a, an internship where I had to sift through particular Vine Stars and, like, make... Ooh. So Yeah, it was a ghoulish, dark time in yeah, my I life. Do. Dark time in my life. They <laughs> came to meet the company. They were all LA people, and they came to, like, meet everybody, and they asked me, oh, hey, Liam, do you want to meet, you know, the Vine Stars that the show were trying to produce? And I looked over at them and went, no. And I went back to not doing work. Vine was a important... Uh, platform for people of color and non-coastal yeah. comedians, and was legitimately incredibly popular. Yeah, it was a
1: really, really interesting format. That's fine. Liam, would you like to hear from this week's sponsor? I would. Well, good, 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 because this week we've got a real, a real fun one. A real winner. A real winner. This week, Media Majors is sponsored by. Gary's lasers Liam do you (laughs) know what Aleppo is
0: do you know what Aleppo is yes yes yes
1: well you know more than our sponsor does
0: yeah Libertarian candidate candidate, Gary Johnson Gary Johnson (laughs) Okay, so for people who are listening to this in the future In 2016, there was an old man Who's basically your dumb dad's friend Who decided to run for president as a libertarian And somehow made traction Even though the motherfucker wears jeans (laughs) a fucking politician wearing jeans and a button down shirt and yellow tie my dude you got to change your fashion sense bud Gary noticed that he was not polling well with millennials and he
1: needs us to get out there oh cause he's about as vote. smart
0: as a sack of hammers <laughs>
1: He needs us to get out of here and
0: vote! You know, maybe it's good that I don't know where other countries are, cause I won't (laughs) bomb them. Hey, dude! Hey, my guy! You can't be the king of the free world and not know what stuff is! So he went to his, his campaign manager
1: and said, how do I reach out to the millennials? How do I get the millennial vote so I can win
0: this upcoming- And they were like, hey, Gary, for first of all, don't wear a bathrobe. Why are you wearing a bathrobe? We have to be on camera in five, my dude. Gare Bear. take off that tattered robe. Wear a suit.
1: And they said, if there are two things the millennials love- it is podcasts and learning about your foreign policy. What's foreign
0: policy, shouted Gary (laughs) Johnson, scribbling into a coloring book incorrectly. (laughs) Wow, Gary, you drew that rainbow all green. That's wrong.
1: Gary Johnson believes that we should revive the Star Wars pro- No, I have no fucking idea what Gary Johnson's actual foreign policy is.
0: It's that he doesn't have any because he doesn't know any because he's a goddamn <laughs> moron.
1: He, I don't know, he just thinks we should get space lasers to shoot the nukes out of Russia. Gary Johnson's not a very smart man.
0: No, but you know what he is good at? Uh, laser, sh- laser hair removal. So that's why. And laser tag. And but but <laughs> he's pretty good at. But laser mainly tag.
1: laser hair removal.
0: Uh, but with Larry's Larry's lasers, <laughs> Gary's lasers, Gary's lasers, <laughs> you can get those unsightly unibrows into tuna brows <laughs> oh. <laughs> Those leg hairs say uh. bye bye. Wanna want your dick to look like a ter- tortoise shell?
1: You can now. Gary's been hedging his bets. He knows that this election's not going to turn out well and that Gary his Johnson political thought career Aleppo was
0: alopecia and invested in laser hair removal like a goddamn asshole. <laughs> Enter media majors if you want to throw your vote into the goddamn fire pit <laughs> this
1: year. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Well, I think... <laughs> God damn that it. was exactly the reaction I was hoping to get out of you. Hey, y'all,
0: this is Media Majors me telling you to get out there and fucking vote. Vote for Hillary Clinton. I don't care. Vote for I Hillary Clinton. Just vote for Hillary. I don't care that we're taking a side. Listen. Listen.
1: Well, hang on a second, though. Hang on for two fucking seconds, because that side it's- is... Is Hey, we don't like rape! We don't yeah. like- We hey, don't like rape or sexism! Guess what?
0: My friends go outside and don't feel safe anymore. Vote for Hill Dog. Oh, God.
1: We get to see what the fuck happens in this fucking horrible June 22nd,
0: 1965! <laughs> right. What happened
1: on June 22nd? Uwe oh. Boll
0: was born in Germany. West Germany, to be exact. Uh, Uwe Boll is a German film director, producer, screenwriter, and occasional mm. actor based in Canada, whose work includes several films adapted from video games. He finances his own films through his Boll KG and developed film Productions production companies. Many of his films are produced on low budgets and have received uh, highly negative reviews from critics. You With could a, say that, yes. Yeah. Uh, Tom, I, I'm going to say that. <laughs> you can't stop me. But listen. It's just going to be a really low-key, normal story, okay? Mm -hmm. Alone in the Dark, one of his movies being considered one of the worst ever made.
1: Yeah. Christian Slater's in that one.
0: He is, and Tara Reid. Later in his career, his Rampage series, Tunnel Rats, Stoic, Heart of America, and even his Darfur movie have been... Mildly well-received, which to him is above uh, 25 on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, <laughs> since 1991, he's directed 30 movies, most of them pretty terrible. Out of those 30, only 8 have been reviewed by Rotten Tomatoes. Only 2 are above 25, and the rest are 11% or under. He's abru- <laughs> I, I wrote this today. He's a brute of a man, a real Ben Grimm-looking bully motherfucker.
1: Have but- you ever seen what of, which, what of his filmography none Have you endured
0: none i've oh, never man. sat through an Uwe bowl you are missing idiot. out oh no i'll eventually watch alone in the dark i know a lot about him though so if he is so bad how come he's able to make all these movies that well, is a very
1: good question well tom
0: let's talk about tax shelters
1: Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> this is taking quite an unexpected turn. Oh, yeah.
0: So 2005-2006, Edward J. Epstein wrote the Hollywood Economist column for Slate Magazine. In April 25th, 2005, he wrote How to Finance a Hollywood Blockbuster and showed how Paramount financed the second Tomb Raider film, budgeted at $94 million, but only mm-hmm. paid $7 million out of pocket. The rest came from cable and overseas sales, and most of all, from wealthy German investors seeking tax shelters. In Epstein's articles, and similar pieces in Forbes and the LA Business Journal, uh, you can make a correlation and extrapolate how Uwe Boll has financed his career. Uh, Tax shelter accounting is kind of tough, so I don't know it. I am not an uh, economy major whatsoever. I have no background in this. I did a little bit of research, and I think I was able to distill it uh i found this blog that, that broke it down pretty easily so hang with me it gets a little complicated but at the end it'll make sense um all right so tom i am gonna give you 100 million euros the couch oh, is thank you <laughs> this yeah, so, is so weird so check your account oh my god you've changed my, hang on a second yeah just check check that bank account of yours it's all here. Yep. Oh my God, I'm going to buy a fucking Wait, yacht. Wait, uh, uh, uh. The catch is, you have to become a native German investor. And how, and how would I do that, Liam? Well, you have to be born in Germany, so I'm actually going to take away all those euros and give it to a German person. Oh, that's unfortunate. Uh, having just made 100 million euros, you only have moments to celebrate before your German tax accountant tells you bad news. You're in a 45% tax bracket, so you have to pay the government 45 million euros. Holy ah! fuck! That leaves oh, you God! Only... My yacht! That leaves you only fi- 55 million. Can nothing be done? Now I, a high-flying Hollywood movie producer, visit you. For 90 million euros, you can have a copyright to a film I want to make. So basically, because they want to build up the cultural landscape, if you make a movie in Germany, it's tax-deductible. That's not really Mm -hmm. the same here, except for in certain states, state by state. Okay. Uh, You will write off 90 million as an instant loss and pay taxes only on the 10 million uh, euros left. Now, your accountant tells you that deduction only applies to film made by German companies. But fear not, I, the producer, advise you to set up a Shell Corporation in Munich that owns, in quotes, my film. You pay a tax of only 4.5 million euros, leaving you 5.5. Octon you've lost nearly 95 million, right? We're not done yet. Under the German tax code, you can take the full 90 million dedu- deduction, then have your Munich shell company charge me, the American producer, 80 million to lease back the rights to my movie. Because you took a 90 million loss, you don't have to pay taxes on the 80 million that you get from me. You're only out 10 million, plus the 4.5 you paid in taxes. You still have over 85 million left, and you paid me 90 million, and I paid you 80 million back, most of which I got pre-selling foreign and cable rights to my film. So I've made 10 million, and I'm not taxed in Germany. So basically, if you lose money, the German government pays you back. That seems illegal? Well, your accountant has just noticed that effective January 2006, the German government tightened the German Facts Fund to apply solely to native German filmmakers and production companies. Uh. You and I stare in dismay. Oh no, what shall we do? If only we knew a native German filmmaker with his own German production company. That's basically how Uwe Boll, even when they tightened the laws in 2006, is still able to make, money for, uh, to make movies for dirt cheap. So, question then yes are are you telling
1: me that the reason that Uwe bull's movies are so bad is
0: is simply because they'll they'll taint at the box office they'll just die and he'll make more money on a failure than he will on a success
1: so so he was just doing this to, as as
0: a scam to make money Well, allegedly. Our friend allegedly comes back on the table. He
1: got so pissed off at his critics.
0: Well, the point is this shelter is entirely legal as long as German production companies makes the film. Because Film Investing is a capital transaction, investors could normally deduct only uh, depreciation. This arrangement gives immediate 100% write-off in order to pump funds into the film industry. So you're just able to write it all off. You only have to to pay the small amounts of... Yeah, yeah. Blogger Stuart Wood, among many others, speculate Bull's films are intended to lose money. Were this theory hmm, okay. true, it could help explain how, you know, oh, terrible well, they are. it could help explain not only how terrible they are, but a little incident that occurred when a shipment of 5,500 excess prints of blood rain were sent out into America. <laughs> Take him back. No, we don't want him. From Chud, in, an art, in a 2005 blog, uh, forum post titled, Uwe Boll is Dumber Than We Thought, a projectionist from Ultra Star Cinemas has revealed to Shaq News a rather huge error made with the distribution of Uwe Boll's latest cinematic endeavor, the Blood Rain adaptation. Ab- the Ultrastar employee explained that when he got into work last week, he noticed that the theater received a copy of Blood Rain. This seemed odd because his particular theater generally showed films aimed more at art house crowds. I didn't want to build this, and I put it in my theater, he said. So he checked up to, uh, he checked up with the Ultrastar higher-ups. Well, it turns out a computer error resulted in the print being sent to 5,500 more theaters nationwide than intended. Um, it cost about 500 to print those. And Yikes. deliver it and everything. Meaning that as a very rough estimate, the total costs incurred were about upwards of $27 million. And that's $27 million that didn't go into production, didn't go into marketing, and it's just exponential just sitting there.
1: Wow, that's an expensive mistake. Jesus.
0: Well, here's the thing. The movie was only showed on 985 screens, which was only half of the targeted thing anyways. So that movie lost thousands, thousands of, of dollars that were immediately written up as tax deductible and paid back by the German government.
1: It's a fucking scam. That's so, oh.
0: The Raging Bull, part two of the story. Oh, God. This is is that, that what you're calling him? That's what, is That, his that was his name? actual, well, Tom, who is Jake LaMotta, the boxer, the Raging Bull? Uwe Boll became known as the raging bull. Oh, Bowl. fuck!
1: Awesome, I see. So there's day, about man. there's
0: like three chunks into Uwe Boll You have to talk ab- when you talk about them You have to talk about the tax shelter stuff, and when you dig into it, it's basically a scam. Yeah. And you have to talk about the boxing. Bull does not shy away from his critics. In Alone in the Dark DVD commentary, he responds to criticisms that his adaptations make significant changes to the plot and style of the source materials. Fans are always totally flipping out, and I understand that the fan of a video game has his own agenda in his head and he has his ideas about what is a good movie and what is a bad movie. Referring to House of Dead, Bull said, I think I made a perfect House of Dead movie because it really shows how the game is. It's a lot of fun. It's over-the-top action. Uh, Bull is especially critical of internet detractors, referring to two ain't-it-cool news critics uh, who were negatively viewed as work, Harry Knowles and and Quint Eric Vespé, are a bunch of retogs. Bull also criticizes the game companies themselves for not providing support to the production following the selling of the film rights. Uh, now, Tom, originally, you knew I was going to talk about Uwe Boll, and originally, we were both going to tell stories, so I um, uh, didn't have time to look up the little vid- video game anecdote, but do you want to interject with that real oh, quickly? Oh, yes. Okay,
1: so this is, um, for those unaware, there is a game designer by the name of Peter Molyneux. He is is kind of known for being an oddball game designer. Uh, who, who has lots of very interesting, high-concept ideas for games. Uh, he has a parody account. This is how deep we're getting here. He has a parody account on Twitter called Peter Molyneux that just tweets out high-concept game ideas to make fun of Peter Molyneux. Amazing. Uh, Molyneux has since deleted these tweets, but... Uh, one time, Uwe Boll contacted the owner of the Peter Molyneux parody account via Skype in 2004, pitching to him a game movie idea.
0: Oh, wait, 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 Okay, Tom, send me the transcript. If we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this right. Can there, we both you be do-
1: Fuck it, why not? It's a parody account. Maybe the guy who runs a parody account's a German.
0: Yeah, all right. So this is two, Tom is going to be German, uh, Peter Molenkiew parody account, and I'm going to be German douchebag Uwe Boll. I'll go first, because that's how it goes. Hello Peter, thanks for adding me. I have an idea for a big movie for Theme Park.
1: Okay, you're probably better off contacting the publisher in
0: this situation. Do you have their contact information? (laughs) I'd just like to say Uwe Boll is German and Canadian, so I'm going to try to do that, too. Would you like to hear my idea, since you are the creator of this license? Eh? It's fine. I should get going now. So most directors would turn this idea into a family film, like Home Alone's in the theme parks or something? Would they? Yes, but not me. So the movie begins with a staff party for the theme park. You know, lots of drinking, DJs, strippers, cocaine, everyone getting out of their minds, you know? There was nothing like this in the game. The party goes on for so long that it's the next day. They still have to run the <laughs> theme park, but they are so wasted. They're not doing things properly, so the rides are breaking <laughs> and going wrong. People die in different fun ways, like in the Final Destination films. I don't even know where I'm from anymore. But <laughs> small attractions like Dodgers, Cars, and Carousels, but the final act his entire whole drollerscope, yes so much, fall apart, lots of death, eh?
1: Why its people keep going on their hides if the hides are killing the people? Peter,
0: I, I'm switching to my other German voice. Peter, I read about your great game, how you put your extra salt in the food so the customers buy drinks. What if <laughs> theme park guys are putting cocaine in the food so that nobody cares and, to, and continues going on the rides? So... The film is just theme park rides falling apart, killing people. Yes, but there is also lots of dialogue and crazy comedy too. A man in tiger costume poops himself and the children... I'm going to do Russian for this one. A man in tiger costume poops himself and the children don't like the tiger anymore because of smell. So he kill himself, but children see it and cry. What? <laughs> <laughs>
1: If you need our headshots, just tweet at MediumAgesCast. <laughs> okay, I better go now.
0: <laughs> I have idea also for old video game diggers. I
1: have nothing to do with that game, sorry. That <laughs> <laughs> was all French at the end, yeah, I
0: know. In Digger lots of people are <laughs> taken to big huge cube. They have to dig into this big cube and are told what is center will change their lives forever.
1: Very curious. Okay, I've really got to go now. me list
0: the movie with Christian Slater as God? Cool funny god who like cocaine and swears. God. G- what? G- Internet. Go, bu- Internet cutting boobie. out. Okay, thanks for listening, Peter. What the fuck, Uwe Bull? <laughs> Uwe Bull, what the fuck?
1: Uwe Bull is is it's like a it's like a teenager. It's like if you got a dumb edge lord teenager to pitch movies to people.
0: Bull made headlines by challenging his critics to put up or shut up. In June uh, two thousand and six, his production company issued a press release stating that Bull would challenge his five harshest critics each to a ten round boxing match. Invitations were also open to film directors Quentin Tarantino and Roger Avery. So here's why that's weird. They both wrote Pulp Fiction, so like I guess Uwe Boll was like challenging the writers of Pulp Fiction. And then fit- footage of the fights was to be included on the DVD of his upcoming film Postal. On June 20th, 2006, Rich Lowtax Kianka stated on something awful that he had been invited by Boll to be the first contestant after he reviewed Alone, Alone in the Dark the online gambling site golden palace decided to sponsor the event dubbing it raging bull a lot oh, was drawn up is. in late august 2006 featuring kianca rue morgue magazine writer chris alexander webmaster of cineculture carlos palencia jimenez Arguello and a cool news writer jeff snyder and chance minter and chance, sorry and chance minter amateur boxer and website critic bull fought and won against all five participants
1: but that's because Bull Bull is a, is a huge fucking dude. Huge dude. <laughs> He's a
0: bully. He's like a jock bully with a camera. First match took place on September fifth, twenty sixteen, in Spain, and the others were in Vancouver. After Kianka lost his match, he would go on to make several allegations against Bull, including a claim that Bull refused to fight against Chance Mentor, an experienced amateur boxer. However, Bull fought Mentor as his fourth opponent, and won. He also stated that Bull misled them by claiming it was a PR stunt when he actually intended to fight them, and that Bull stated that participants would get training before the match, which no one did. Bull has denied these claims in an interview stating he gave his opponents three months to prepare, so who knows who's telling the truth other contestants responded I'll less negatively it gives a fuck. Like, what a, a dickish fuck. thing to do Alexander in a Toronto Star article recounts being invited to Bull's beach house on the following day where Bull asked him about the reasons for his negative reviews Alexander bluntly told Bull that his movies were bloated expensive and incoherent attempts at aping American genre pictures sporting some of the most boneheaded casting choices in filmdom he stated that Bull was an insane two-fisted rogue and a shockingly honest one at that someone who absolutely adores film knows its history and truly lives for what he does That's so bizarre. Bull praised the contestants in a post-press conference stating, I now know like the critics, everybody who was in the ring showed guts. Nobody dived. So, even winning like an asshole. Yeah. Basically, he was going to fight a G4 host, then he learned that the G4 host knew Muay Thai and he backed out of it. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, if I was slated to fight somebody and then I
1: found out that they knew Muay Thai, I would be like, Oh, yeah, fight is super fucking canceled
0: because I don't want to get my neck broken. So, uh, the third chunk, I want to talk about his final career days. Um, Specifically, another video game adaptation in 2007 he made called Postal. Do you know about Postal? Of course you know about Postal. J.K. Simmons is in that fucking movie. Dave Foley is in that fucking movie. The Soup Nazi plays Osama Bin Laden. Jesus fucking Christ. Let's jump on in. In 2007, Uwe Boll adapted the game Postal and Postal 2. Tom, quickly sum up those games for people who don't know. Uh, Postal 1 is actually kind of an interesting boundary pusher. Uh, yeah, Postal the thing 2, is with the movie is that it's more a Postal 2 adaptation than a Postal adaptation.
1: Postal 2 is a game about pissing on uh, women with large chests uh, because fuck censorship, I guess. It's it is it is it's it's the uh, I should offend everybody because I can to prove a point about censorship uh ethos that is uh touted by the brain dead morons we were talking about who populate Twitter now.
0: Yep. Well we would disagree on this but I feel like you would say a film that successfully does that would be a Serbian film. I love a Serbian film. Uh, I, do I not, think it's a great we'll fucking get into movie it one day. Um, I disagree Uh, Osama bin Laden Is best buddies With George W. Bush In the movie Why Because Sure Uh, Bull mangles satire Just for the sake Of being offensive And also stars As himself According to Bull, the German fan club for Postal contacted him, offering the possibility of the game being adapted into a film. Intrigued by the game's premise and blatant political incorrectness, Bull Hmm. contacted Running with Scissors president, Vince Desario, who sold him the rights under the condition that Vince would be involved with the script and production. Supposedly, Desario and Postal 2 director Steve Wick pitched a much grittier, darker darker version of Postal, Uh, but Bull rejected it, fully intent on turning it into a comedy in order to use the film as a platform for political satire as well as revenge against the people who have protested his movies. Yeah. In an interview for Nathan Rabins, one of my all-time favorite critics, Nathan Rabins, so uh, he wrote a book called My Year of Flops. He has a column at the A.V. Club where he just watches bad movies and bad entertainment and writes about it. He's a big hero of mine. Uh, he interviewed Dave Foley. Dave Foley is one of the original members of The Kids in the Hall, an incredibly influential sketch show, a comedic genius, and unfortunately has just had a sad trajectory down. Life sucks. Uh, Dave Foley said that Bull did want to make a serious statement about how a cult of heroism has surrounded people who were murdered in the 9-11 attacks and that he and Bull agreed that being the victim of terrorism makes people victims, not heroes. This is not a podcast to discuss such a thing, but I feel like it's important that we talk about this. Uh, Foley added that uh, he tried to talk Bull out of including the notorious 9-11 sequence that opens the film where two al-Qaeda hijackers plan to call off their attack when Osama Uh. bin Laden informs him that they will not receive anywhere near 72 virgins for this service only to have the passengers break into the cockpit cockpit, and accidentally fly the plane into the World Trade Center because the film would have no chance of appearing on any screens if that scene stayed in. When Wire published a negative review of Postal, Bull responded with an email claiming the critic didn't understand, and quote, understand anything about the movies and that you are untalented wannabe filmmaker with no balls and no understanding what Postal is. You don't see courage because you are nothing. And go to your mom and fuck her because she cooks for you now since 30 years, so she deserves it. So, you know, whoa, whoa. he's a, he's like a child. Oh,
1: yeah, a reasonable response.
0: Bull stated that this angry email was sparked not by review, but because the Wire editor told Bull in person that the editor loved the movie and then published a negative review. Why do you lie to me and hurt Uwe Bull's sensitive boy feelings? <laughs> Reception from professional critics were very negative. The film holds an 8% approval rating on uh, RT based on 40 reviews. There are some positive reviews of it, but that's because men are terrible. Yeah. The, the film was nominated for the Golden Raspberry Awards, which is another story for another day. Yeah. Uh, we're supporting actor for Bull as himself. We're supporting actor for Vern Troyer as himself. And we're supporting di- Worst director for Bull. And we're supporting director for Bull, too. Why not? <laughs> and Bull won um, worst director. But he also won some international film festival awards in Hoboken, New Jersey, because of course... Yeah. So this is where we get to the kind of end of the career. In 2013, he tried to fund Postal 2 through Kickstarter, but the project was canceled due to lack Thank of funding. God. So not to jump back a bit, in 2008, The Guardian ran an article claiming Bull had promised to retire if an online petition at petitiononline.com, asking him to do so, got a million signatures. On May 7th, 2008, the makers of Stride Gum announced they would give each signer a digital coupon for a pack of gum if they signed the petition. <laughs> Make it so. Stride Gum it in to be like, uh, yeah, fuck Uwe Bull. <laughs> Sorry, in July 22nd, 2012, there were only 350 signatures. In an interview on Movie Mike's website, and uh, Bull stated that he would not retire if even if the petition received 1 million signatures, S- commenting, I think, no, it's, it has been too long. If they would have made it to a million in, like, two months, then they would have something. They even got a sponsor by that gum factory. I feel like it's three years later. Forget it. I also felt that people signed numerous times at the petition, so it's only, like, 150. Blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Um, so to go back to Postal, as part of a publicity stunt for it, Uwe Boll released a video claiming that he is the only genius in the whole fucking movie business, and that other directors such as Michael Bay and Eli Roth are fucking retards. He promised that his film post would be way better than all the social critic George Clooney bullshit that you, you get every fucking weekend. Uh, he he tried to start a pro Uwe Bull petition but only got 7,000 signatures. Bay responded to the retard comment by calling Bull a sad being and stating that he did not care in the slightest about the remark. <laughs> while Roth facetiously described Bull's comments as the greatest compliment ever. <laughs> Bull later noted that the comments were meant to be a generic picture over Hollywood. So, always retracting. <laughs> In April 27, 2008 Bull responded to Bay's not caring About Bull comment To prove who's The better director Bull offered to Challenge Bay to a Boxing match
1: Oh, Michael Bay course. said,
0: I've never heard his name till last week when we made threats and rants. This guy's a fucking idiot making threats to me, Clooney, Eli Roth. Says he has a doctorate but uses words like retard in his vocabulary. Come on. When you look at his videos, what is interesting are the backgrounds. I guess his Roland offices with 15-year-old 3-4 uh, machines, archaic computers. This is a dumb chump trying to get some fame when he has none. So he has to make lo- YouTube lame quality anger rants. This guy wants. This guy just wants attention because he can't get any of the movie uh, mo- uh, can't." get any for the movies he makes. Nothing sadder when he has his screening in LA over half-empty movie houses. When Michael Bay, who once went off stage because a teleprompter wasn't working... June 27, 2015, Bull told everyone to fuck yourself in a viral video on YouTube. Who fucking gives a shit? Well, you'll like this part. On October 20... 20th 2016 in an interview with toronto edition of metro bull announced rampage president down will be his last film citing market failures and funding difficulties Mm. now he's done The release of Rampage is a swan song, his final film. Rampage 3 will be watched on Netflix, DVD, or iTunes or whatever. They'll say, what a wonderful movie, I liked it, blah blah blah, then watch Avengers. With streaming everywhere, there's just a big wave of movies flooding around and you have no impact. The market is dead, he adds. You don't have any money anymore on movies because the DVD and Blu-ray market worldwide has dropped 80% the last three years. It just I can't go back to student filmmaking because I've made so many movies in my life. I can't make cheaper movies and cheaper movies at my age. It's a shame. I'd be happy to make movies, but it's just not financially profitable. Uh, Bull says he's been self-financing his films for over a decade. I have never had people giving me money, he says. I've been using my money since 2005, and I've never made the stupid video blah, 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 blah. This is great. He made a movie called Assault on Wall Street. Uh, it's way better than Wall Street 2 by Oliver Stones. it's better researched it's better written it's better but it doesn't have Michael Douglas he says <laughs> his movies portray real issues it's not Jason Bourne or any other bullshit movies where they make stuff up my movies are real says a man who made a movie about George Bush and Osama Bin Laden being friends yeah but now when I don't make any movies, maybe they'll find the time to actually watch the movies. Starting with Postal in 2005, didn't come out in 2005, came out in 2007, <laughs> the movies of the last 10 years. They will see that they were very interesting movies and a lot of movies that I think made sense and set a point about things. They deserve to be discussed bigger than they were. He also played Adolf Hitler in Blubberella. That's my spoiler. Man, fuck Uwe Bull. Fuck Uwe Boll. Fuck Uwe Boll
1: that is the uh, common theme amongst uh like terabad directors where like the house house of the dead is a fucking treasure it is it is such an awful movie and it's so entertaining
0: i've seen like the nostalgia critic of alone in the dark and like the online reviews of it so i've seen bits and pieces and god almighty like those movies are bad news bears yeah
1: but the, the the connective tissue to all those directors is like, you seem like a total fucking creep, like Neil Breen, who's like who does not let the women in his movies. I wear a tried ball. to
0: do a Neil Breen story early on, and the sad fact is that like, if I wanted to do one, I would have to interview him myself. I would have to look up the. I would have. I'm gonna have to cold call like the actresses. I might do it, but it's gonna take like a couple years of work. Yeah. Uh, so that's been Media Majors. Yeah. A storytelling podcast about how entertainment oh. sucks. Yeah. Sorry it went a little long, and sorry it was more story-based than joke-based, but I think we both had a lot of uh, some interesting quitters today. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's been a weird week. Oh, so I should say, he quit filmmaking, like, this year. Like, this happened a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. It was about so. fucking time. Yeah, seriously.
0: Uh, Tommy, got anything to plug? I think we uh- do
1: i do i just released a, the second in my analytical video series on games chaboy explains dead rising zombie fiction and games as satire it's on youtube if you want to look it up it's more entertaining than that title sounds i promise i wear spooky I yet to
0: watch it, but i will soon and i'm very excited
1: yeah uh, it's, it's good. it's all horror themed and talks if, you, if you're curious about zombie fiction and stuff like that, it's good.
0: Excellent. Um, Boys Nights on hiatus, but we still have stuff go watch it. Um, and if you want, I sometimes do the music for videos that my friend Luke Strickler makes so go look his stuff up. Um, I make music under the name Soar Dinosaur. Uh, like you know soar is into fly so SOAR dinosaur on bandcamp. I have two albums out listen to those um by the time this is out junk will have come and gone so uh so fingers crossed um so that's it for now don't forget to vote we're gonna plug hillary clinton (laughs) please vote and then also uh listen to the shamanime podcast yes and uh musty tv we're we're, uh, working on that it's still in the works um The guy I I co do that with is in uh, my play, so we haven't we've been rehearsing a lot, haven't had time to work on it, but I'm coming out with more stuff. All right, that's it for media majors. Yeah, thank Uh, you so much for listening, guys. And remember, we'll be there for you.